I've never had the fear of miscarriage in any of my births. I think I'm a little naive. I've had lots of friends lose babies, but just really had no frame of reference for what that, what that was like at all. I'm Cynthia Overgaard, owner of Hypnobirthing of Connecticut, childbirth advocate, and postpartum support specialist. And I'm Trisha Ludwig, certified nurse midwife and international board-certified lactation consultant. And this is the Down to Birth Podcast. Childbirth is something we're made to do, but how do we have our safest and most satisfying experience in today's medical culture? Let's dispel the myths and get down to birth. I am Amanda Pauls, mother to four little ladies, and I just love talking about birth. I get so excited and I'm super grateful to, to have the opportunity to do so. When I think back to um, our first birth, our first pregnancy, we were so excited and I've always had, an, what's that word? Inclination. Inclination. <laughs> there we go. Inclination to uh, have a natural birth. Didn't know anyone who was really into it. I didn't have any friends at the time who had had a home birth and that seemed really scary. So um, we took Bradley method classes and I, I watched every documentary I could and I, I just read every book I could find about natural birth and um, it turns out our hospital birth experience uh, was a lot more typical than I knew. So in my mind, I was going to the hospital and I was going to give them my birth plan and I was going to have this beautiful natural birth. Um, and it, it didn't go like that at all. I was actually kind of mocked and teased um, at the thought of wanting to feel my birth. My water broke at home. So we, we waited. We waited a few hours. I shaved my legs. I got, <laughs> got all ready. I had the whole thing planned out, you know, and we, we got to the hospital and got checked in. And the first thing I remember is the IV hurt so bad. Like the IV was, it still was the most painful part of the whole experience. And I'd ask him if they'd move it. And they say, no, we have to keep it here. And, um, I remember starting off just like really emotional because it's just that hurt. Um, labor was going great. It was going awesome. Um, and I felt like I needed to stand up. I said, I feel like I need to stand and walk around. And um, the nurses and the doctor really didn't want me to. They had a, a cordless monitor, but it was broken. And so they wanted me to be monitored in the bed and there were no issues. We had no issues in our pregnancy at all. And so I was like, would it just be okay if I, if I do it every now and then? So I'd get up unmonitored, start walking around. My labor would pick up. My contractions would get heavy. And they'd say, well, come, we want to monitor. As soon as I'd sit in the bed, my labor would stop. Like, completely stop. And so, um, we did this for 30 hours <laughs> and, um, and just feeling so emotional from the ups and downs. I was allergic to the gel they were using for the monitor. So I had this nasty rash on my stomach and the IV was really painful. And after about 30 hours, well, I guess it was about 28 hours, a anesthesiologist came in and said, you have the option to get an epidural or the option for a C-section. And that felt really unexpected because there, there weren't any issues. I was handling the pain well. Um, my husband and I were really clear we didn't want any medical intervention unless it was necessary. So we were really confused. Like, why do we need an epidural? And they said, well, we want, we want to slow your contractions down um, because you're going to be too tired to push. And so we were very confused by it. I cried and cried. And um, after a lot of debate, it was, it was get an epidural or we're going to C-section you. So um, with not much choice, I got an epidural. I ended up falling asleep and waking up and pushing for six minutes. Um, the epidural and the IV were, were so painful. It only numbed one side of my body and it was just 
that part was really much more traumatic for me than I even realized till after I'd had time to process that birth that I, they hit a nerve in my back. So I had just shooting back pain for a solid year. Anyways, had her. It was awesome. I remember holding her the most. And I said, I, I cannot do this again. Not birth. I love birth. I love this baby, but I can't do it in this setting. And he was very much so on board. Six months later, we found out we were pregnant with baby number two. Huge surprise. But I was in that time, I had already started reading um, and just preparing myself because I knew natural home birth was something I wanted to I wanted to know more about. So we found out we were pregnant and I said, please, please, can we find a midwife? Can we find a home birth uh, midwife and do this? And uh, my husband was really reluctant. He, the thought of home birth was terrifying to him. He, the first question that he says and the first question that everyone I know says is, what if something goes wrong? And what we were so fortunate to learn is, well, they'll do, <laughs> they'll do what they need to do. Um, they're trained to do so. And so um, I was really, really fortunate to find a midwife who became like part of our family. She just um, loved me and supported me. And our visits were so different. They, she wanted to know how my week was. She wanted to know how uh, my daughter was. She wanted to know how my husband was. And she really, it was so different, just the care. Um, and the responsibility of how am I eating, you know, taking better supplements. Like there was just so much really positive responsibility placed on my husband and I. It was just very empowering for us um, as people uh, and especially as parents. But when that birth came closer, I just remember being so excited and it was it was magical. It was a it was a, a two push two push water birth. Um, no, no complications, no pain. I remember my first words were, what? That was so easy. I was waiting for, um, I was waiting for so much more to go wrong. I was waiting for, um, all the things that so many people in our lives were, you know, so afraid of. And, um, I remember just like sobbing and my midwife holding me and telling me how proud she was of me. Um, and just like speaking this new life into me it was really magical. Um, so after that, we were sold. My husband was like, he just became this huge natural birth and home birth advocate when it was appropriate for, for people. And um, just was like, it was the coolest experience. That he, I remember him crying a little bit, not a lot. Can't say that too loud. <laughs> but he was like, thank you so much. Like, thank you for convincing me to do that because it was just awesome. Our third birth was the same mid midwife. Um, that birth was so funny. I was, I was actually dilated at a 10 for two days and my midwife was just teasing me. She, she got me coffee and I was playing tag with our daughters around the house, dilated to a 10. And she, we were just, I mean, in hysterics, you were at 10 centimeters for two days, for two days, and did two you, days. And it, were you feeling like the urge to push or it hadn't crossed no, into that? My water hadn't broken. I felt amazing. Um, there was definitely a heaviness. And towards the end, she was like, just check. You can, you can, you can feel the bag of waters. And I could. But were you, were you in labor having contractions or you were just. So I was having some contractions, but they weren't normal. And so my, her first fear was like, I had an incompetent cervix and then showed, nope, that's not it at all. So she ended up giving me a tincture and I can't remember if it was, it was a root. Um, but that really got my contractions going and then we were like, we're going to try and break my water. Because after two days, it was like, oh, we got to try something. Um, she tried to break my water. When I say it broke, I mean, it, it splashed everyone around us. It was so funny. And with, within uh, within minutes, she was here. I said, I have to get in the pool now. Um, 
it was awesome. Actually, the thing about this birth that really, really um, showed me just the, the um, importance of care of um, what's going on in birth is when I went to push, I couldn't. I mean, she was right there. I, I was, I'd been in a tent. I was, there was nothing blocking her. And I, I said, I can't, I can't push. Like I, I physically cannot um, push her out. And my midwife said, I have, I have an idea. And so she went up and she checked and it turned out that she did. She had a nu- a nuchal hand, her, her hand was stuck behind her head. And so her elbow was stuck. And so she very gently moved her arm and she came right out. No damage um, to my lady parts, which was like, amazing because I know friends who have been born uh, with a baby with that and it's it's done a lot of damage and after that she told me she said you know most of the time that's not something that gets checked and it does it can it can cause fourth degree tearing Um, I had no tearing whatsoever in any of my home births Um, but because they cared for me so much like my midwife she soaks cloths and oils and um, in a crock pot and it sounds so silly, but like legit cares for, for my body in such a, a tremendous way where I haven't had physical trauma um, in any of my home births. But yeah, that was so cool that she would take the time, not tell me push, push, push. She would take the time and say, I think, I think I can help you. I think I know what's going on. And just what a difference that probably made in my other labors and my pelvic floor and my recovery. Yeah, I mean, let's let's just take a minute here and appreciate that this is what it means to be a skilled provider because she knew yes. a technique that many obstetricians would never even learn in obstetric school. If they ever did, then they no longer are. But a skilled provider Absolutely. knows how to say, oh, you have a breech baby? All right, no, we're not doing a C-section yet. We're going to flip you over on your hand, on your knees and forearms or... Oh, there's a hand presentation. Wait, I know an adjustment technique. Now just relax and let me reach in there and help the baby to move the hand. This is all the value in the world, isn't it? It's exactly what you're describing. It's yeah, I have friends that have so many pelvic floor issues and I go, I'm so grateful that I was treated in such a way where it wasn't a rush. It wasn't get the baby out. It was how do I how do I help you in this moment? Not yeah, not to mention the patience that your midwife had to have you be at ten centimeters for two days. I mean, oh, yeah. you would have been yeah, you would have been a C section. You would have been recovering she, from the C section by then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would have been back on your feet. Oh, <laughs> and she stayed. Yeah, and she stayed with me. We ordered pizza. We had a sleepover. <laughs> wow. Um, it was. I'm. I. She said, "I'm not going to leave you. You know, there's no reason to be afraid." But she has eleven children, and she said that a few of hers she had dilated to attend for a few days too so she it was special she was like I remember this yeah and I just want to make a comment about the crock pot thing you said earlier I don't know exactly what she did but there is something to be said it was like when Trisha made my postpartum soothe pads when I was in labor there's something to be said for that touch of nurturing maternal care it's just it's so precious and we forget that that's instinctually what we want we want that woman's arm around us that nurturing Mm -hmm. care and, you know, it's represented by these gestures and by these activities. Yeah. And I, I, we, Chris and I would laugh, but he was like, it sounds so wild to say she cared about my vagina yeah. so much, but, but how awesome is it that she took that care? Because I'm, I'm experiencing so many benefits of that now, even later, um, where I don't have, you know, I don't, ha- I don't have this damage that I could have, um, had that care not been taken. So that was, Yeah. That was a fun birth. That was a really fun birth. So our, our fourth daughter, um, 
uh, Francis, she, we were so excited because at this point we'd kind of felt like, oh, home birth is our jam. We know our thing. Our midwife is literally like a second mom to me. And I, I remember calling her and I said, I think I'm dilated to like an eight or a nine. And she, she teased me and she said, do you think? And she, I, I wasn't due for like another two weeks. And she said, do you really think that? And I got there and she said, yeah, I can stretch you to a nine. I think, I think you're going to have a baby, baby today or tomorrow. And, Wait, how did you know that? Um, how did you know that? I felt it. Okay. So this is wild. And this will tie into my next birth. I've always felt my cervix dilate. And with Ada, I felt the same thing. I told her, I went to her checkup. I wasn't due for another week. I went to her checkup and I said, would you check me? I feel like I'm really dilated. And this one, I left this out, but she started laughing and she grabbed her assistant and she said, get the bags packed. She could stretch me to a 10. And so that's, we, that's the one that I was dilated at a 10 for two days. But she, anyway, she followed me to my house because we were like, we're having a baby. This isn't just a checkup. How did you, how did you know? How could you tell? There is this, like, it is the most bizarre thing. It is like this stinging internal feeling that I feel like I just know it was so weird. I, I could, I knew as soon as my dial or my cervix was dilating, even with, with no show or anything, I could just feel this feeling. And I'd always know, oh, it's it's like time. It's getting close. And it's such a specific and bizarre feeling. And it I'm gonna touch more on this because it it really um helped me in my very last birth. Um so Frankie's was our my my easiest birth. No one even knew I was delivering her. I got in the tub, it was peaceful. I feel like I wasn't even a part of it. I was just listening to the music. I was breathing and I had one big contraction and I thought, yeah, I'm going to push, but I didn't say anything to anyone because it was just this really peaceful moment. My best friend was there and I reached down and I said, oh, her head is born. And we filmed it underwater with the GoPro in 4K. And it was so cool watching her little eyes open and look around the pool. It was wild. Um, and my midwife just started laughing and she said, what head is born? And I said, yeah. And it was one more, just very gentle push. And she was born. Um, but this was the only birth where I had something that when, when people say, what if something goes wrong? So delivered her it was beautiful. And the water started to turn real dark, real fast. And that was different. I'd never had that happen. And my midwife kind of got this look in her eyes, which she doesn't normally do. And she said, do you feel all right? And I said, I feel great. And she said, I think you, I think you might be hemorrhaging a little. And so she very quickly without, I mean, skipping a beat, massaged my uterus. I mean, she kind of punched me, um, really did a deep, deep massage of my uterus um, and said, you know, I'm not going to freak you out. I just want you to get out of the tub. There was no chaos. I don't even think anyone else knew what was going on. It was so peaceful. She gently got me out of the tub. We handed Francis to my dad or to her dad. My husband got on the couch. She said, I'm going to give you a quick exam. And she said, I'm going to massage your uterus a little more. You're not going to like it, but um, did so and completely stopped it with just that massage. And I remember laying on the couch and I was like, was that bad? And she was like, well, yeah, that can be really dangerous. She's like, a lot of times they'll, you'll just get a shot of Pitocin. Um, she's like, but there's you know, there's no reason to be concerned if we are able to get that uterus to contract and stop it. And she's like, that's what, that's what that massage did. I remember laying there on the couch and thinking like, oh, that could have been a, like a scary thing, but it wasn't at all. It was, it sounds so weird to say out loud, but even in afterbirth hemorrhage, it was so peaceful. I really had no idea at all. And then she checked my iron levels and my blood levels and we were good. But even in that scary moment, having someone who just cared about 
my well-being. She didn't even, I mean, she was just so smooth. Even, even in my labor, she'd hug me and hold me and say, what are you thinking of? What are you, um, do you have any fears? Let's talk about them. She was able to help me process previous trauma and it even things before I was a mom. I just don't feel like I would have ever had without her. But yes, I'm going to, I'm going to move into this last, this last, my last birth. Cause this, this one has really um, rocked my world, changed a lot of my perspective. So we found out we were pregnant this past November. It was a huge surprise, but we were very excited and very uh, surprised to find out he was a boy, our first son. And so it was like one crazy that we're pregnant again, but two, I can't believe we're having a son. And so I remember texting my midwife right then and said, Hey, you know, are you accepting uh, clients? And, and she laughed and she said, Oh, I'm just like so excited. And we told all of our family and friends and Christmas was a big, we, we waited to surprise our daughters and it was like wild. It was, it was the most fun morning of my life. It was, it was magical. And, um, I've never had the fear of miscarriage in any of my births. I think I'm a little naive. I've had lots of friends lose babies, but just really had no frame of reference for what that, what that was like at all. Every expecting parent deserves access to a certified doula, no matter their budget, birth plan, or location. This is the idea behind the digital doula program, Beautiful Births and Beyond. Their on-demand doula program includes access to online classes and 24-7 birthing and postpartum support via text or video. Book a free consultation with Beautiful Births founder, Colleen Myatt, and receive 20% off an hour of digital doula support. Visit beautifulbirthsandbeyond.com and use promo code down to birth. If you're suffering from insomnia or pregnancy pains like restless legs, leg cramps, or have lower back pain, then you have to try 8 Sheep Organic Sleepy Lotion. It's helped over 73,000 pregnant moms get a good night's sleep. We're not even pregnant, and we love the Sleepy Lotion. Visit 8sheep.com, that's the number 8, sheep.com, and you can try the lotion risk-free with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Use promo code down to birth to get free shipping. So it was um, December 28th. Uh, we went to make dinner and I said, I'm, I started having that feeling like my cervix was dilating. And I told my husband, I said, something is, um, something's not right. I have that, that feeling and there's, I'm just going to lay down. And I said, surely maybe it's like, maybe it's some kind of something, but I knew instantly, like, no, the only time I've ever had this feeling is when my cervix is dilating and it was very hot and it was very fast. This feeling it's bizarre to describe, but I, um, I stood up and I knew I like knew I was going to go into birth. I started having intense contractions. I ran up to the, the bathroom and, um, I went into labor. I, I mean, there was just this enormous amount of blood. My husband was by me. He said, what do we do? I said, I think we just have our baby. Um, and I did, it was a normal birth. Um, it was the most painful birth. Actually, I, most of mine have been very pain-free. This was not the case. Um, the contractions were so painful. Pushing was hard. And I, I did, I gave birth to our son in the toilet and I, I picked him up and I set him on the counter and I, I said, we need to make sure we can account for as much as we can. I went very, I, I went into shock. I delivered the placenta. I, I pulled the placenta from the toilet and I, we laid it on the counter and we just stared. And um, 
I called uh, my sister-in-law who is uh, an ultrasound tech and works with a lot of women who've had miscarriages. And she said, you know, don't go to the hospital. You're going to bleed a lot. You need to, you need to find a spot where you can rest and be comfortable, but this is going to suck. She's like, it's just going to suck. And I had no idea um, the amount of blood loss I would experience and, and how scary it would be to, we had just like hours before picked out his middle name. And so it was such a bizarre thing to go from planning about this baby and dreaming of this baby to, to birthing this, this, it sounds so graphic, but to birthing this dead child. Um, I had no idea that's what miscarriages were. I always thought you started your period or it was like, Oh, I don't know why I never really thought about what it was. How far um, along were you? I was 11 weeks. Okay. So was, I feel like there's so many, some people go, Oh, you were just 11 weeks. And that's like painful to hear, but I feel like I was fortunate and that I didn't have to have further procedures. I was grateful that I got to deliver him. I was grateful that, you know, we got to have our home birth, but it was very painful emotionally. I, was trained as a therapist and I know trauma and grief really well. And I thought I'm going to be fine. Um, this is normal. This is an, and Oh, that wasn't the case at all. It messed me up. I have never, I have never grieved the loss of any, any, Oh, sorry. Anybody like this. Um, and then just the, um, to not, to not have known what to do in that situation. I had never heard to anyone anybody, I was trying to take anybody tell me what the actual miscarriages was or postpartum that I was going to go through all the postpartum stuff that I did with the girls down to even just smelling like postpartum, which is so bizarre. But I decided after that, that I was just going to talk about it all that uh, my miscarriage was birth. Um, it should be acknowledged as that, especially for women who are um, birthing babies farther along when they're, they're able to hold, you know, hold their children and I think miscarriage needs destigmatized. I have told women, you know, if if your doctor tells you your baby doesn't have a heartbeat, go buy a strainer, put that in your toilet to to catch everything because you're not going to go home and start your period. You're gonna you're gonna go home and have a baby. I've now received thousands of messages, and hundreds of them have been. We went to the doctor. We didn't have a heartbeat. We were told I'd go home. I could go to work tomorrow. It'd be fine. To come home and have these traumatic births. And so um, I, there's just got to be more information put out there about miscarriage and, and what it really entails. Can you speak to um, the decision? Well, in your case, it, there was no decision, but for women who are in the position of having to make the decision to go home and spontaneously miscarry versus having a procedure like a DNC. Based on the, the interactions I've had with women, they have, most women have said they wish they would have had the option to go home, um, that the hospital was was cold and scary, and that they never got to see the baby, the remains were just taken, and that that was really traumatizing. I, It's a bizarre topic to talk about, but I had probably, I, I just had pages of messages of what did you do with his body? My husband and I really couldn't remember, did we did we fold fold him up in toilet paper and did we flush him or do we put him on the in the trash? And it appears that there's a lot of women with a lot of trauma of, of they didn't dispose of their baby's body the way they wish they would have. Um, and I'd never, I'd never even heard of that. What do you do with your baby's body when it dies way too soon? And so that's something that one girl messaged me and said, I've been in therapy for three years. I just cannot, I can't get over the fact that I would have flushed my baby. And I think it's a very instinctual thing to do. I don't think there's anything 
wrong with it. I don't think there's a right or a wrong way. Women who have said, you know, my baby's still in the freezer. I don't know what to do. There's just a lot of trauma that comes with that actual, what do I do with the body? But yeah, as far as a, a DNC, I think if it's necessary, you don't really have a choice. But that's a traumatizing experience in itself. And I think a lot of women don't feel like they have a choice and they might not. And there's just a lot. I know people need to be able to share their stories to work through that. Amanda, we just did a postpartum, we just did a miscarriage roundtable a couple of months ago. And oh, we had three women who all shared their stories about miscarriage. We, we do roundtable episodes sometimes where three women come together and, and talk about a shared experience. And um, a couple of them had a DNC, one did it at home naturally. It, you know, they all had very unique stories. The one who had her miscarriage at home was planning a home birth. And the yeah. other two women were, it was just so illuminating for them to see that there was another way to do it. And in her case, yes. her home birth midwife led her through um, a memorial service and had her two boys That's involved beautiful. and her husband, like her husband really didn't fully grieve until this process, but they wrote letters. But I think what you just said is exactly it. It's just knowing that you have a choice. It's not that that's preferable to just doing that, like having your miscarriage in the toilet and flushing it or having a procedure. What we want to do is just whatever is going to bring that mom and that couple the most peace, because as you know, yes. what's like a primary emotion around miscarriage, it's guilt. And we just, we, we yeah, create shame. guilt and shame. Like, what did I do? Did I do anything to cause this? Oh my gosh, I didn't give that baby's body enough respect and love. And I, it's so mm. painful to think about the women who wrote to you and they feel regret about however they handled it. I just feel so much for those women because it's the body after the spirit is gone, the soul is gone, the energy is mm -hmm. gone. And here's this woman who's feeling guilt after her own trauma of losing that baby. It's like, it just makes the experience so much more painful. It's so painful. And women who said, you know, it happened at my in-laws house. It happened at work. It happened at a friend's house. So I didn't even tell them because I was so embarrassed. How do I come out and tell them? I just, you know, it happened on Easter. It happened on Christmas. There's all these stories that, and there's just layers and layers and layers. And I'm going, how did I have no idea as a, a 35 year old mother of four, what a miscarriage was where I just, we're not prepared to, to, to lose our babies. It's not, I don't, we weren't, but our, yeah, our stories are so important and destigmatizing that guilt and shame that comes with it that um, it's not, not anybody's fault. So what did it teach you? How did it change you? I feel like I have a lot of empathy and compassion, um, even with just how I share my other birth stories. I think I would share them whenever I could um, with this just, I mean, they were amazing, but also just going, I need to have a sensitivity about it because who knows? If the mother across the table has felt this loss, it's, it's not a loss that's going to leave you. It's, you know, that baby was so much a part of you physically, emotionally, everything. Um, and though they're gone, that there's, they're still there. Um, just being aware of, and then just going how incredible women are, you know, women who have shared, they've lost five babies or, you know, they've buried their, their 37 week olds, just these incredible stories of growing. Women are incredible. Like, we're ama amazing that we can experience such like, such pain and keep and keep going. It's just really, and then just going, I gave birth to my, my daughters in my dining room. How incredible it is that I got to do that, that they, they were healthy and they made it full term and just kind of how incredible that really is. 
um, I have a lot more respect for birth and just the development of a baby and even just to get pregnant. I, I, I'm just kind of, it's made me step back and just um, have a reverence for it all that I, I didn't have before. I think when you have people in the industry like me and Trisha, who are so passionate about what we do, you know, you, when you don't, when you aren't close to it, you assume women like Trisha and me are in this because we're inspired by birth and it's beautiful and it's amazing. But I think what really can drive us is our longing to see change our longing to see conversations happen, our longing to see yes. improvement. This, there isn't just an inspirational side to this. There's so much work that has to be done. And I think that's what keeps Absolutely. the energy level up to like, we need to keep talking. We need to keep sharing stories and educating. Yeah, that's, yeah. And I think our stories matter. I mean, I think they're the thing that really will, will change, um, will change the whole industry, especially postnatal care. It's like, that was some of my, my most treasured moments was being cared for after I had a baby and just going, women need this. They, they need this care. Well, you know, I remember when I studied sociology in undergrad, hearing that progress doesn't happen at a societal level without a small, seemingly radical group of people. I'll never forget that term, mm. a small, seemingly radical group of people. It's, it's how, you know, we have equal rights. It's how animals have rights. It's how the gay movement had right everyone seemed radical at first yeah but I think what you're doing right now by talking about it and I know you have quite a big following that you're talking about this this is what causes change it's not waiting for the government to do something it's not waiting for providers to do something it's literally one woman at a time like all of us just out there sharing with others and that that will lead to change exactly what you're doing is going to lead to improvement I mean that that miscarriage that you went through Ha is having a ripple effect that's helping so many other people now. Does it feel that I way? I really appreciate you saying that. Yeah, I really appreciate you saying that. I One night I got really emotional and just reading message after message. And I said, you know, I miss I miss my son. I wanted I wanted him so badly. But how cool is it that I'm able to talk to um, so many women and they're and they're they feel safe enough to share their stories with me. Like, I feel like there's I earned that in some way. And it I don't want to say the words worth it because it, I, I mean, loss, I don't think ever feels worth it, but it does feel like a tremendous gift to get to be, I hope to be a part of, yeah, some changes that happened and that when my daughters have daughters, they go, we can talk about this a lot easier. Well, the, lo the loss had meaning. Yes. For all the challenges that we face with social media in the modern day world, there are incredible benefits to having it. And this is one of them that we have the ability to communicate and share and connect with so many people who have a similar or shared experience or need to hear it. And while it takes an incredible amount of time, the, the maternity world um, is so slow with progress and change. <laughs> it's so slow. Um, this grassroots work is just like Cynthia said, it's where it's coming from. You know, it's the driver. Yeah, I feel really grateful. Um, to be a part of that. And just like you said, his, his loss has meaning. I feel like, yeah, his life and his loss uh, has meaning and hopefully that continues to um, impact a lot of people and lead to real changes. If you enjoyed our podcast, please take a moment to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and share a favorite episode or two. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Down to Birth Show or contact us and review show notes at downtoverseshow.com. Please remember this information is made available to you for educational and informational purposes only. It is in no way a substitute for medical advice. 
For our full disclaimer, visit downtobirthshow.com slash disclaimer. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, hear everyone and listen to yourself. I'm so grateful. I, I think there's so much uh, healing and sharing your stories. That's, that's what therapy is. <laughs> it's giving, giving people space to share it. So I really do. Um, I'm being genuine when I say thank you guys for, for allowing me another space to do so. Yeah. You guys are doing cool stuff. <laughs>